This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Full 90 Soccer Time Podcast. Soccer Time! Our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture, and a bunch of other garbage that no one garbage. potentially cares about. <laughs> Joining us, wow, joining us now, we're your hosts from Mornings on 1077 The End. I'm Gregor. He's been in the locker room, on the pitch, and in the stats booth at now Lumen Field. He is Spokane Brandon. Yeah, shout outs to my little brother, Steven, whose birthday is tomorrow. Hey, right on. Yeah. Wait, I thought his birthday was the same day as mine. Uh, that's my other little brother, who is oh. not named Steven. Okay. He's well, the one, I... it's the one with the dreadlocks who loves weed. Yeah. <laughs> Just like me. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the dreadlocks. Or the weed. Or the weed. <laughs> Do us a quick solid and click on through to Apple Podcasts and tell us what you prefer, dreadlocks or weed. <laughs> you know everybody that says dreadlocks also prefers weed. <laughs> uh, we, have a new com- we have a new comment. Yeah, actually, okay, so uh, first of all, give us a rating, definitely five stars. Uh, but we do have a new comment. Usually we ask you to tell us who your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player is. Um, and we get a lot of really great responses. But um, a couple weeks ago, or actually last week, no, it was a couple weeks ago because we don't record this thing weekly like we're supposed to. Last week, what we uh, we made fun of the Columbus crew uh, because they <laughs> had proposed, which we often do on this podcast, they proposed a, uh, a goal celebration or a pre-match celebration, I guess, where they are going to jackhammer the um, a piece of concrete that is on top of the other team's logo. I don't know. Did you watch? It was like a nod to their old old crest or whatever because all of a sudden they care about history. Uh, I, did you watch? Did you see the video of them doing this? It's so bad. It is the, like, I don't use the word cringe. I feel like cringe gets overused a lot for things that are just, like, uncomfortable. It was cringy. It was like, look at us try to do something cool. I thought of something that they could actually do that would have been cool is you get an actual artist to chisel away at some, you know, at uh, at a piece of like a masonry or something like that. And you could use a jackhammer, I yeah. guess, or whatever, to make a cool sculpture over the course of the season or over the course of the day. Do something that, like, has an end result, not just a former parking block getting <laughs> beat up by a dumb machine by a person who doesn't have any business using it. Well, and the problem the problem is, though, with your idea is that if the Columbus crew don't score very many goals throughout the season, you're just going to have this block. And at the end of the day, the other problem with it is the the artist at some point has to ask uh out of the statue that they're ultimately chiseling away is how accurate do i make the anatomically correct penis <laughs> <laughs> paging dong arbor 
if you did the new crest and you started chiseling away at it at the beginning of every match and you could do like, you know, color by numbers and yeah. just be like, at the beginning of this match, you're going to carve away this much. And then by the end of the 17th home match, we'll have the full crest and we'll hoist it up and put it onto the freaking plaque holder. And there it'll be for everyone to see. Yeah. Boom. Solved your problem, Columbus crew. You guys are the dumbest. <laughs> yeah, you are the dumbest. Well, anyway, dummies? We, we had asked uh, our uh, whoever listens to this podcast. We're so yeah. sorry. It's ill-advised according to our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> our own take. Uh, our own take. Yeah. Um, so we had asked, what would the Sounders equivalent be of something like that? You know, we talked about how the revolution, they have a bunch of guys dressed up like, uh, you know, old school revolutionary fighters from the American Revolution shooting off muskets. Uh, The Portland Timberwolves obviously do their thing. Columbus now does whatever the heck this is. You know, in Atlanta, (laughs) they drive the golden spike because it's a big uh, uh, railroad hub, right? So we had asked, what would the Seattle equivalent, other than shooting flames into the sky because we care about the climate, I guess? I don't know. Um, What would the Seattle equivalent be? You know, from like uh, letting an orca go. <laughs> you know what we should have done? We didn't. We didn't make this tie in last time. We should free will Bruin every time. <laughs> free Willy! Free Willy! Um, and so we had asked you in a review to leave us five stars and to tell us what would be the Sounders version of that goal. And I really love this from E. McRae, who uh, left us a five-star review. Thank you very much. They said, Sounders Celebration, put on another piece of a totem pole. I think that that is an amazing idea. Every goal you put on, like, a part of me thinks, did you ever watch that, what was it, Um, uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple on Nickelodeon? It was that old school show. And anyway, the very last task was you had to run around this obstacle course, grab all of these different pieces, and you build a little statue, right? It kind of looked like a little totem pole. There was all sorts of like tribal cultural appropriation going on with this show. Um, But, you know, it was the 90s. Nobody cared. Uh, (laughs) No white people cared. Sorry. (laughs) More important. No executives cared. No executives cared. They weren't losing money over it. Um, And so, anyway, I like the idea of a uh, doing a piece of a total pole. I mostly like the idea of a bunch of small carved pieces of or not pieces of Raul Ruiz Diaz's face but as much of small carved pieces of wood to look like Raul Ruiz Diaz uh, back to the back to the free willy thing what if Will Bruin uh, let his wiener hang out when there was a goal <laughs> free willy free, wi- free willy's willy free willy's <laughs> <laughs> Every goal celebration, we just have three random fans standing behind the goal helicopter dicking. <laughs> well, we're canceled. My <laughs> uh, my buddy Sean, who has left a uh, who has already left a review. Thanks, Sean. You're the best. It listens every week. He said, uh, the Sounders goal celebration should be a jet engine on the sidelines that gets fired up and we throw a fish into it. <laughs> just just bring in all of the difference. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you shoot it at a target that is the crest of the opposing team that just gets covered in fish guts throughout the or, match. Or the bench of the opposing <laughs> team. It'd be like the uh, it'd be like in baseball when you have the uh, the bullpen, the guys that like are practicing or like you know warming up on the on yeah. the uh, just off to the sideline dodging the foul balls. <laughs> Except instead of instead of dodging foul balls, they are dodging salmon coming at them at 150 miles an hour. <laughs> 
got an eye stuck to your face there, bro. <laughs> Oh, that's a good part. <laughs> you know, in, in Seattle, they consider this a delicacy. I'm honored. <laughs> you would actually throw a block of cream cheese through it. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's just every Seattle trope, right? Like, Seattle dogs. We're tossing Seattle dogs in. Mayor Jenny Durkin, she's going in. <laughs> Straight to jail. <laughs> Straight to jail. <laughs> uh, police brutality. Tossing that right in. But okay, so you know how the Sounders though are teaming up with um, I forget what tribe it is on the sl- on the sleeve there they uh, of uh, the, the Jimi Hendrix kit. Uh, it's the something Queen Casino, Emerald uh, Queen, Emerald Queen Casino, which is the. Not we could Google this; that'd be fine. But um, <laughs> the idea being that if you want, if you had a local artisan who makes totem, that you could somehow team up with the local Native American population to do something to help celebrate and further include people into it without, like, pandering. Like, the Seahawks did a really good job of that with their logo originally. Right. It's designed with the Salish tribe in mind. I think it was the it's Salish. It's the Salish tribe, yeah. Yeah, and they got help with it. Yeah, it's a, it Salish, awesome. it's a Salish uh, mask. It's like the uh, the wood carving, actually, of a yeah. of a Salish mask. Was, that's, that ended up being the Seahawks logo, yeah. it, which I th- I have always thought is is really awesome. Super dope, uh, yeah. dude. It's, yeah. And it stands out from all of the like hawks and things like that of other teams, you know? I think there's also like a small part of it that it's, even though it looks like the 70s, because that's when it was, uh, like it came around. It, there's, uh, and it's been modernized, obviously, but sometimes we historically freeze a culture into a certain time period, or we insist that it like looks old timey because it's more authentic or whatever. To be able to take their style and modernize it and make it a part of, pop culture i think it's so cool to not have a separation there you're you really are being inclusive then rather than just pandering rather than like being the atlanta braves (laughs) (laughs) or that yeah or just straight up being like you guys stay over there with your blankets or the cleveland indians or any of these like uh washington football club or football team or whatever they're called you know i got married in atlanta and um afterwards i tried to go to before we had a kid i would try to go to a new ballpark every summer so we timed it out where the day after my wedding i went to um to a braves game and let me tell you dude it is after living here long enough and being like a generally pretty self-aware person if i can if i can help it you know um the, when they have the biggest drum in the world and there's a guy just banging away on it and for it got rained out after five innings but for five straight <laughs> innings whoa oh, it's yeah. a bunch of drunk white guys and black guys out there doing that and I'm like oh this feels so inappropriate it's like it feels so uncomfortable it doesn't matter in a place like Atlanta where you forced all of the Native Americans off of that land into the Midwest <laughs> and and things like that other like um, not to say that like the West Coast or the Northwest have a great track record with how they no, treat no people one does. but yeah. it has been a much more like you like we were saying with the seahawks like the 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 current climate has we've done much more to try to respect and honor those those tribes like but that said it is still awfully problematic with a lot of the things <laughs> that people do uh, so what would be more problematic carving raul Rui diaz's face into a totem pole <laughs> Or shooting like, a salmon through a jet engine at the opposing team's bench. To, to Let us know the, in the review. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Wow, this is amazing. Hey, I was thinking about it the other day. People get mad about the fact that the that the Sounders logo. I think you're one of the people actually get mad about that the Sounders logo like looks really dated and that it like looks from a different. Era. I don't get like, mad. I just do think it looks dated. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I don't mean to uh, overgeneralize, but the idea being that people are over the Sounders logo. I'm not one of those people. I like love it. I've loved it since the first time I saw it, and like I can't see myself moving past how badass it looks. So I started to try and think about like how I would update it to try and maybe make it a little bit to modern or to bring it to the next creative era or whatever. And other than you making some sort of symbol of the Hitler youth <laughs> that people got so mad on. I, I cannot help that the Seattle it. Sounders initials are SS. Come on. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, my brother's initials are SS. Like, what is he like? Nope, he's you're canceled. Now, Granted, to be fair, your brother is a Nazi, so I don't know. <laughs> I know, but but I'm sure a lot of people would think he is as a guy who runs a bank. Uh, anyway, uh, so but like, I was thinking about how you could update it, and like I think about I I support Arsenal sort of in Premier League and stuff, and to simplify it down to just a simple cannon is really cool. Jet engine. Uh, Fish. Yeah, fish. <laughs> <laughs> Just, what is all those speckles on the side? Uh, nope. To, all right. Um, to be fair, I'm like one of those people who, uh, and I want to let you finish with the like how you would simplify it. But but like as far as uh, as me thinking that it's dated, it's all the kind of weird angles, multiple layers type thing that they have going yeah. on. My my preferred version would be go back to the one that they had in the '80s that is just says like Seattle Sounders and has a salmon or no it has an orca heading a soccer ball like that like it's not the fact that it's dated it's just the time period of, in which it is dated too that I have a problem with. So we are on opposite sides there because I I would be so upset if they did that. But could you just simplify it and just make it just the space needle, um, and just go soup like. Not as not as uh, generic as S2 was, but just make it some sort of modern think of the Space Needle and then leave it at that. You don't even have to write anything on it. It could just be some sort of like bat symbol type uh, logo to just bring it bring it forward into the 2020s. Don't don't get don't you brought up bat symbol. Don't do that because I don't know. Did you hear what happened with uh, Valencia Football Club in uh, yeah. in Spain? So yeah. Valencia Football Club is this like hundreds year old football yeah. club in Spain, and they have a bat on their crest, and the bat somewhat resembles the Batman logo. Ooh. Literally, DC Comics sued Valencia. They sent a cease and desist and sued Valencia for using a bat on their logo. And I think that Valencia has to, um, uh, they have to change their logo or something like that. I, I, I don't. I, <coughs> He's dying, everybody. We lost Brandon. He's dying of the death. Um, it just makes me so sad. Uh, the um, so they have to actually like DC was like, nope, that people can confuse the bat on your logo with trying to profit off of the likeness of our cherished Batman. <laughs> yeah. So what it is is it's your standard shield, and at the top of the shield is a bat whose wings touch the outermost points of that. You know, like it looks like a tar pick kind of. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, it's like that's what bats look like, bro. And now, <laughs> now, and I, the reason I bring that up is because the, the Seattle Sounders, uh, or at least the Space Needle, is very serious about uh, recreating the likeness of the Space Needle in design. Like they will tell people, "Hey, you know, you because pe people will often use the Space Needle because it is an iconic." Uh, mm -hmm. uh, 
feature in the Seattle skyline, it's instantly recognizable when you yeah. look at it. You think Space Needle Seattle. Well, a lot of people will use that in their marketing um, assets and things like that, and they will put the Space Needle on it. And the Space Needle or whoever owns it will will send out a cease and desist and says, hey, you, I'm sorry, you can't use that unless you either A, get express permission from us or B, pay us, right? Yeah. Eddie Johnson, pay me. Um <laughs> And yeah, it's a tra- it's a trademarked thing. Like, it's I've trademarked. gotten in trouble for using it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the side profile of it specifically right. is what's trademarked. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they have it trademarked. <laughs> trademarked the above profile of it, which is just a circle. <laughs> and anyway, so uh, the the Seattle Sounders, I don't think pay the Space Needle Foundation to use the likeness on their crest, but they did go and get ex- express, you know written per- express yeah. written uh permission from major league baseball no i mean <laughs> from, from the <laughs> space needle in order to use that crest on on their uh or sorry just to use that silhouette on their logo so um don't be like valencia and uh get sued by batman <laughs> that's that's what i was supposed to take away from that you're right yeah. okay so uh <laughs> Click on through, give us a review, primarily leave us a comment. We just want to know your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player. Actually, I uh, I have a question for the reviewers this week. Is it mm-hmm. if you were going to feature any Seattle um, iconography at all on a new oh. Seattle crest, what would yeah. it be? Barring the Space okay. Needle, we've done that. Like, do you put the Fremont Troll on the crest? Like, what's <laughs> like, what do you do? Like, so it, so leave us a comment, leave us a review, um, but tell us what would be the thing that you would put on the Seattle crest, uh, uh, re- regardless of if it's instantly recognizable to anybody outside of Seattle. Who cares about that? Well, because that's, that's the best creativity. Just like help us brainstorm here. Like, what's yeah. something that you think of that would make sense for a soccer crest? And like, maybe that would give someone else the the kick to be like, oh, I could do that. I I have an idea. Yeah. Like the the Sounders. Could you even incorporate the map of the Puget Sound somehow? Like to start with. So, um, I I hope that they stick with the Space Needle. I think it's super badass and just maybe just needs a little update. Maybe it's Will Bruin's penis. <laughs> well. <laughs> so full90soccer.com <laughs> so you'll find us <laughs> hey big week for uh, uh, Ro- Roald on El Salvador Roald on <laughs> old, old Alex Roald on of all of them playing for the El Salvadorian La Selecta their national team he's not going to get called up to the US so he went ahead and declared for them first appearance played just 30 minutes had a banger of a goal from about 20 yards out uh, finally coming true both for club and country. Amazing stuff for the kid. Yeah, uh, I love the Seattle Sounders tweet that they put out. They said players in MLS who have both a save, a goal, and a, a goal, and then a goal for their national or a goal in international play. Number one, Alex Roldan. <laughs> no number two. No number three. <laughs> in a class of his own. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, honestly, who would have thought that that kid would have the two months or whatever it's been that he has had jumping in goal for an injured Stefan Fry, scoring for the Seattle Sounders two matches ago, now scoring for an international team that he didn't even know he was eligible for until a month ago. <laughs> Is that I, his mother or father is, is I'm El not, Salvadorian? I'm not sure, but I think them, I, I think yeah. he knew that he had the eligibility. I'm not saying yeah. he didn't know, but but he did just get his citizenship just so he could go play uh, with El Salvador in the Gold Cup. So uh, congrats to him. I mean, and the goal that he scored looked like he's spending a lot of time with another Roldan. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> that the truth? And perhaps a Joao Paulo. You know, it looks like they've uh, they're all practicing from just outside the 18 yard <laughs> box to see who can bang one in the best. Can you so. guys just score? A regular goal for once like 
Come on. Hey, did you see the tweet from the Sounders with Stephen Fry in it and someone's just kicking the ball right at his face and he's just catching it and going, perfect. And then yeah. like the next one comes, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. And he's like, he's just like quietly psyching himself up that he's doing a great job. <laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of upset that he was going, I'm fuck. I'm fuck. I, I'm fuck. I'm fuck. <laughs> First time I thought you said, I'm f- and I was like, uh, no, I think he's going to make a comeback. I don't think he should be too worried about that. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, uh, that's, that's fun stuff. Uh, I went back and rewatched the highlights from the match again because it's been so long since we talked about it. The one. match that we're talking about, the Sounders beating Houston Dynamo 2 to nothing like two weeks ago, but we can't be bothered to, to review a match. <laughs> Especially when we get awesome, super friendly tweets and, and reviews on it. We're like, yeah, we'll wait till next week. They said listening to this podcast was ill advised. I would not count that as super friendly. <laughs> I thought you said that. I no, that that, said was... they said that in the freaking tweet. <laughs> Which, hey, thank you for listening. It is ill advised. I will acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, don't come here for the quality. Come here for the quantity, the quantity of, of jokes. jokes they said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, watching this match between Montero and Rui Diaz, it would be hard to imagine a whinier duo for the day. Every time anyone kicked the ball anywhere towards the goal, Montero's 95 yards away being like, what? I was open. I was hoping. Come on. Hit, Points to hit his me, feet like, me. hey, could you pass it to me? And be like, dude, you're on the bench. You're covered in fish guts. Like, <laughs> no. And Rui Diaz, too. Like, Montero would take a shot. Rui Diaz would be, like, six yards past him being like, come on, what happened man. to me? Like, come yeah. on, man. Come yeah. on. And so they just, like, took turns missing and being mad at one another. And I was like, that, it's cool to see him that hyper-competitive. And Montero's probably itching to, like, hit some sort of bonus structure with the minimal, uh, just just over one new who he's making this season. <laughs> so, um, But, yeah, it's, like, crazy to see the uh, the two of them. They're hungry for it, and they they want to get back to scoring is what it looks like to me, but they were just whining the whole time. Get so. back to scoring. Rory Diaz now has 10 goals on the season. Uh, tied for first with, uh, for the golden, the golden pursue, uh, <laughs> which he is currently sharing with uh, Chicharito. Yeah. So I back to scoring. I mean, Ra- uh, uh, Freddie Montero definitely needs to get back to, he doesn't need to get back to scoring. Thankfully, you know, Rory Diaz scores all the goals that we need him to. Yeah, but you forgot. Rui Diaz had had more than eight passes, and so he was ready to get back to score. Obviously, yeah. From last season when he would score every ninth touch or whatever. Yeah, like that. It, was, uh, it was something like – it was some crazy statistic. Like every 38 touches, he had a goal. <laughs> that's, so, that's so bonkers, dude. <laughs> um, wait, so you're, you're, you like that they're short? <laughs> yeah, okay. No, so when I was reading this, I was feeling very sorry for myself. Uh, before we started the podcast, I was reading some of the notes that you put in here, such as yeah. those two being a whiny duo. And the, the, like, I was just thinking about how short both Freddie Montero and Raul Ruiz Diaz are. Because today, um, I was an idiot. So last night, uh, well, today's trash day. I was supposed to take the garbage out last night. Catherine, my wife, said, no, let's take it out in the morning when we can do it together. I still did it alone my <laughs> this morning. Um, and when I had taken it out, uh, I had left the gate to our backyard open. Oh we had boy. let the dogs out. The dogs got out. We got a notification on our um, our front doorbell that said, somebody's at your front door. And we're like, what? Ooh. It's it's 8 o'clock in the morning. Who's going to be at our front door? <laughs> we look at the camera. Our dog is just standing at the front door. Anyway, 
so I'm running downstairs because uh, he's a very fast dog, and I'm worried about him getting away. Uh, he's a greyhound. He's a greyhound, right. Uh, and so I start running down the stairs, and I live in a hundred-year-old house, and uh, no, 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 apparently a no. hundred years ago, people were much shorter. Uh, they were yeah, yeah, roughly no, no, no. a Freddie Montero size, and um, I bonked oh, no. myself very, very hard. It still hurts a lot. So uh, I was hoping, or I was wishing a little bit, that I was a south american <laughs> a, a, a tiny a tiny south american who uh was not able to hit his head on the door frame this morning now you're what six three i am not near that i am five ten maybe <laughs> so you're calling him short which is amazing yeah um and then like but this is my whole life i live in restricted airspace like it's just like every turn i make I'm six foot five. It's like a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. Was your is your dog okay? Uh, oh yeah, they were fine. They they came right in. I I my wife is getting ready for work. I run downstairs to like try to get the dog in. I nail my head and fall to the ground, and then I scream for my wife to go get the dog. <laughs> and she was like, "Well, later on we're talking." She's like, "Well, I was really worried about the dogs getting away," and I was like, "Yeah, no concern for your husband who's doubled over on the floor holding his head." Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, it's no big deal. <laughs> That's not the part that we like him for anyway. Yeah. Speaking okay, speaking of houses, transition. Um yeah. speaking of houses, we need somebody to apparently build Stephen Fry a house. <laughs> yeah, what's going on with that? He's trying is he trying to do something weird on Bainbridge and I, can't get it done? I mean, anything on Bainbridge weird, uh, first yeah. of all. But but as we talked about, Stephen Fry with his artist heart moved out to Bainbridge Island uh because he wanted to build a house. It, uh, which is awesome because he's like obviously calling Seattle home for a very long time. You don't just yeah. build a house on an island uh, if you don't plan on retiring there, right? And uh, so he he apparently has had a couple different contractors fall through as he was tweeting out and is trying to uh, solicit the Sounders fans to put him in contact with somebody who wants to build him uh, their dream house. And I'm sure Stephen Fry, being the artist that he is, has a lot of very peculiar requests for a house like this. So uh, if you want to build a house uh, or if you know somebody who wants to build a house for the Sounders goalkeeper, uh, you know, hit him up on Twitter, apparently, because that's how we do things these days. With lumber prices the way they are, man, I can't. I'd wait another year. Oh, Ooh, I'm. Ridiculous. I know. I know. Uh, hey, uh, I got to call back to something you were just talking about. How how much does your greyhound weigh? I'm just curious. He weighs like 80, 85 pounds. <laughs> I am horrified by that news. I had I thought he weighed like forty because he's like fast and nimble. But yeah. he's no, huge. he's very tall, but he's thick. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, my Muppet of a dog is back here yawning and making noises, and I'm like, gosh, I should pick her up to ch- shut her up, but I don't want 25 pounds on my lap for the rest of the pod. Hold um, on, hold he... on. He's right. Oh, yeah. There, yeah. Hey, sir, farts himself awake. Yeah, What's got... up? <laughs> That's true. He does sit right behind me all day. So, And his <laughs> name is Siggy, named after uh, Siggy Schmidt. I'm sure I've mentioned that on the podcast before. What did you think of uh, Stefan Fry in the commentator's booth for the match with Steve Zakawani and Keith Costigan again? I honestly thought he did a very good job, uh, for especially for a first-time commentator. I think he did an especially good job in the 69th minute when he said, it's the 69th minute. <laughs> I just wish Zakawani would have been like, nice. <laughs> I know. I'm just wondering if like if one of the younger guys on the team put it like, if Josh Atencio was like, hey, Steph, <laughs> when you're on the broadcast, say 69. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be awesome. That's the yeah. type of stuff um when uh, Manly and I did uh, called a few S2 games, the guy his name was Greg also that ran the who produced the broadcast. He was definitely like, "Okay, here's the words we need you to say." 
um, and he'd hand me a, a, a sheet, and I that's like my favorite thing. I can totally work whatever you need into whatever broadcast you want, and seamlessly. It's like the it's the best. So it was really fun to be able to. We should do that for this new project that we're working on. Just yes. Trying to figure out how to say silly things in there. Okay, we'll get there's that's a tease for you. There's more about that coming. Okay, so a two zero whooping of Houston goals from Harry Ship's cousin Kellen Rowe and Zombie Diaz. Uh, I didn't notice the Rui Diaz without the number thing, and I had no freaking clue what you were talking about. And then you see the cut over his eyebrow, and he must have gotten blood on his shirt, so they had to switch it out. Admittedly, it was a game that was happening at the same time I was trying to work, and so I was like keeping an eye on it, but not paying attention to those little details like that. And so to see the celebration with no number on the back, Zombie Diaz then made sense. I get it. Well, so a long time ago, uh, remember Nate Jaqua used to play for the mm-hmm. Seattle Sounders. He got a head injury and was ble- oh the one where you like wrapped his whole head in, yeah, like, super yeah. bandage. Yeah. So instead of like doing what they do in with modern medicine, as opposed to the apparently wild west of when Nate Jaqua <laughs> played for the Seattle Sounders, instead of just wrapping gauze around their head um <clears throat> raul Ruiz diaz just got like a butterfly stitch you know or uh yeah. over a butterfly band-aid or whatever you call those things that goes yeah. over his head to stop the bleeding he had to change his shirt into a numberless shirt they don't just keep spare Ruiz diaz <laughs> knew who goes off injured has to change his jersey all of a sudden you have two Ruiz diaz new who diaz <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, I love this take. So, so Rui Diaz scores without the number on his jersey, which I, when he came back onto the field, I had hoped that that would happen just because of the memes that would come from it. And this is my favorite so far. So, uh, Sounder Insider uh, is a follower of ours, and he says on Twitter, "I wonder how much extra the pro shop will charge for a Rui Diaz jersey without the number." <laughs> It also didn't have his name, so I would like to just point out that it's the normal cost of just getting. I, like, well, I think that's that I, have. I think that's the joke, Craig. Okay. I, I think that's the joke. Oh, I figured it out! Yeah, hey, nice. Got I'm it. in on it Got now. It. I'm finally in on something. That's great. Uh, yeah, the awesome stoppage time goal there to draw him even with Chicharito, as you mentioned before. Rui Diaz has as many goals as the next three Sounders players combined. Can you guess them? Me? You want me to yeah. guess them? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, if the only other person on this podcast who you're talking to, you want me to guess <laughs> them? Okay. All right. Um, Put Ziggy on. <laughs> uh, okay. I am going to say uh, the Golden Bogan Hogan himself, Brad Bradsmith, because uh, I'm, I'm sure that he has. One, yeah. I think he has three goals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, probably Christian Roldan. Uh, I think yeah. he's got a few goals or uh, two, two or three goals this season, and. I'm between I'm between Giao Paulo and I think Freddie Montero has two because he scored in those two those first two matches. I think Giao Paulo has two or three. I'm gonna say Freddie Montero. Final answer. Raul Ruiz on ten goals, Brad Bradsmith on three, Freddie Montero on two, and Christian Roldan on two. That means Rui Diaz is worth those three other guys combined in goal scoring, which is crazy. <laughs> well, that's not crazy saying how much we know Freddie Montero is making this season. <laughs> <laughs> He's making like one fifth of Rui Diaz. So, yeah, you're maybe not even. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Oh, poor Freddie. I hate that. I re- really that really bothers me. That's why I keep bringing it up so much every week because like I can't believe that that's where we've come to that a guy in his early 30s is like not even he's just making a new like not this year's new who scale but from the original new who scale. A guy in his early 30s who's played in the Champions League is making that much. Yeah. Would he have just retired otherwise, you think? Or like, I don't know. It... I think he wanted to come home. I think he wanted to come uh, and call Seattle home. This is where his wife is from. And uh, he obviously opened up his coffee shop here. He opened it up while he was playing in Vancouver. So it seems like he's had uh, the inclination that he wanted to move here for a while. I thought he opened it when he was in like Portugal. I thought it was even longer ago than that. But yeah. you, you would know better. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> I love that you point this out about Kellen Rowe looking like he always wants to fight. Um, getting it, what, what's the guy's name? Fafa or something like yeah, that? What yeah, was his, Fafa uh, Pico, yeah. Yeah, the two of them mouthing off to each other, and he's making deuce face. Yeah. Helen Rowe makes deuce face. Like, yeah. come on, bro, let's go. Like, it's like, he um, is intense and loves being a sounder and loves being a federal way guy and getting to show off like that. He's instantly the fan favorite this oh, season, Oh, absolutely, right? and, and amazing to see him get his first Seattle Sounders goal. I'm sure his family was in the stadium. His family, uh, I don't know if they are still in federal way. I do know that that's where he is. Uh, born and raised before he left for greener pastures of new england <laughs> um and but so it's really awesome to see him uh score that goal and then it just seemed like not exactly know how to celebrate <laughs> it was like he wanted to point at his crest he was trying to figure out how he could point at the seattle skyline tattoo which i hope he got approved by the space needle uh on the back of his arm <laughs> I, um, and, and then he does the "Are you not entertained?" thing. It looked like he went like three or four different thoughts before he finally chose how he wanted to celebrate. I think the Sounders are going to have a big problem on their hand um, when some of these other guys get back or get healthy. I, I think that having a Kellen Rowe, like if you're Josh Atencio, you got to feel like you're never playing again because there's guys ahead of you that are like shining right now kellen Rowe, for instance that when ladero comes back on who are you gonna bump yeah i i i well kellen Rowe comes off for ladero for sure i also i think kellen Rowe had a good moment and he's uh obviously got great spirit on the field i don't think that um he had necessarily an amazing game nor did he have an amazing game before that uh yeah, harry where, ship's cousin i get it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so josh atencio uh i think has more complete full matches than yeah. kellen Rowe has. so i honestly think he's competing for that spot uh to play behind ladero should ladero be subbed out you're absolutely right it's got to be because Atencio does such a good job holding there in the midfield too. Like, what do I know? But like, he just looks so much more solid as something like you're forcing people to play around him rather than through him. And, and I think that what he's like Rowe, 16 or 17 and he's, he's like your height and yeah. built big. like yeah, he's a yeah. big boy. So I think a, a player like him, uh, it just brings something different than a Kellen Rowe. However, is 17 is he I think he's like 17 years old. Yeah. I thought he was older than that. That's crazy, dude. We have so many youngsters on the squad that are just, uh, wow. It's it's really cool to see how well the Sounders Academy is, like, churning people out and how uh, Defiance is doing such a good job of, like, getting people match experience. He's 19, but, you know, whatever. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, that brings us to the most important player for Seattle. It's the Merv 13, man of the match. Your your Merv 13, man of the match, Kelvin Rowe. (laughs) I can't stop calling him that. (laughs) Merv 13, with the team this hot, there's bound to be fire. And then a summer full of smoke. Seriously. Your lungs, yeah, Merv thirteen. Yeah, it's been it's been smoky over here, smoky at it. I don't know if you can hear like my congestion through the microphone, but I'm sorry, smoke can smoke it. Uh, did I say that? There's no, there, no, no. But... <laughs> speaking of dreadlocks and weed, as we were earlier, there is. <laughs> I I'm so glad this exists. There is a cannabis shop in Bellingham, or sorry, not Bellingham. I'm just so used to saying that. Uh, <laughs> there's a there is a cannabis shop here in Spokane called Smokean. So. Congrats to you guys for naming that. <laughs> All right. So this weekend, Minnesota welcomes Seattle. It's one of these weird ones where it's an 11 a.m. match, which boggles my mind on a Sunday. Is it Sunday? Yeah, because the 4th of July was on a Sunday, and that's the 18th. So, yeah. Uh, Sunday at 11 a.m., Allianz Field in Minnesota. Minnesota started the season a oh, real bad, or the – Manchester United of America, as <laughs> yeah. I have gone to calling them. They started the season real bad after being expected to be real good. Turned Sitting just seventh in the Western Conference, just being highlighted here, just seventh. Well, the they're t- I mean, they are just in seventh, just because they are tied on points in between seventh and eighth place. So uh, I think yeah. that they have a game in hand over the, the team be- uh, behind them. So if the Sounders, if they should lose to the Sounders, and who knows what that other team does yeah. this weekend, uh, they they are literally just above the red line. But my point being that there's a that they're coming off a seven match unbeaten run. So to be that's how bad of a start that they had that going seven unbeaten maybe not a lot of wins in there sure. Yeah. But that you're still just in seventh and facing the team that hasn't lost yet and facing potentially getting bumped back down if there is a loss. That's they got a lot riding on it. There's going to be a lot of fire there and you have an Ozzy Alonso in that squad unless he's hurt or out or whatever. But like the idea that they've got a lot to play for, and Seattle has to maintain the super high level of performance. It actually has me a little nervous for Sunday's match. Well, I don't know if we talked about this, but I think there's a few things going into this match. First of all, the Sounders, uh, I, and I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, the Sounders have now sole holders of the best start to a season in MLS history, 13 matches unbeaten. Yeah. Right. Well, now fourteen. I think it was thirteen after the Rapids game that we didn't review, and then you had the Houston match, and so it's <laughs> <laughs> fourteen. Fourteen matches unbeaten at this point. Um, Minnesota comes into this after losing a two, uh, uh, two, two, losing by two goals to the Rapids, which ended that that unbeaten run that you were talking about. Um, their team, sorry, thirteen. 13. 13. Okay, so it's still uh, it's uh, thir- it's just been that long since we reviewed. I just assumed that there was a game somewhere in there. <laughs> uh, the Sounders uh, have played Minnesota this season. It was that opening day when everybody was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, what is the Sounders team going to look like with playing without all of these guys?" And you know, they didn't. You know, they lost Gustav Svensson and Kelvin Leardam and all these guys, and uh, they beat Minnesota four to nothing. And that was the game. If you remember, where Jao Paulo scored his goal of the season candidate, where it comes out to him, he pops 
pops it up and then volleys it into the top corner. A, a beautiful, beautiful goal. So God, four geez. nothing earlier this season. Here's a crazy, uh, crazy, crazy statistic. Uh, yeah, Minnesota United's top scorer is uh, Ramon Abila, but he is actually tied with three other guys on his team. Four players on Minnesota are top scorers, and they have two goals each. Minnesota United as a team have only scored 12 goals this season, also known as a Rui Diaz and two rows. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah. I mean, I just I just want to look here. I should have looked at this already, but, like, how many goals have the Sounders scored this season? I'm sure they're already they're up there as far as um, goals scored in the league. I'm, I'm pulling it yeah, up I right got now. Yeah, I got you. Goals for 23. 23. The Sounders have scored twice as many goals in the season as Min- as Minnesota has scored. And the other thing is, is that Raul Ruiz Diaz himself alone has scored <laughs> almost as many goals as Minnesota United has scored this season. So uh, I think, you know, as we said, going into the Vancouver match, you hope it's not a trap match. Minnesota is not a bad team. You've seen the uh, seven, a seven match unbeaten streak, right? So yeah. Minnesota can come in. They have the ability to get a result. They have a couple big signings that they've made this, this year uh, who have, who have played and they have uh, contributed to that team. However, you, you, you think that the Sounders have a pretty good chance at getting another result, maybe not four nil uh, when you have a, a rocking stadium and, and um, you know, uh, opening day energy vibes at home, uh, but but perhaps they could go in here and get a result as you've seen them able to do week in week out for thirteen weeks straight. By rocking stadium, you mean with one thousand fans inside? Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. it's opening yeah, day. Yeah, rocking to sleep maybe. <laughs> uh, Seattle Sounders with the best number when it comes to goals allowed, giving up just eight in thirteen matches. Uh, goals for 23. The only team that has more goals for is second place Sporting Kansas City. But they've given up a bunch more. So, And Minnesota has a real leaky defense there at a negative four goal differential. So it's... um. That's tough. That's a. It's great for the Sounders defense. Hopefully, after now ten days off, maybe we'll see a new who starting to get more active again. That'd be awesome. Instead of being like new who, mm-hmm. uh, and the the production coming from Sounders offense, especially they kept harping on it in the broadcast. Work the sides because every time Madranda came down the side and crossed it over into the middle, like it caused huge problems for a team that was giving up goals. So, oh, yeah, shout outs to Madranda and uh, <gasps> to Brad Smith, who you know, Brad Smith was a uh, substitute but comes in and is able to get the assist on the Zombie Diaz goal. And Madranda, what a game! Uh, I mean, the guy was just burning up and down the, the left side, and he is quicker than he looks. I don't know if that. Uh, yeah, yeah, if for he, sure. If he j- just he is fast and and he's fun to watch too. And this is this is somebody uh, said on Twitter. This is the Columbus Crew Jimmy Madronda that the Sounders have, not the Sporting Kansas City uh, Jimmy Madronda. So uh, I didn't watch enough of either of those teams when he played for them to know whether Why or not is that's he, a good thing. But he is he more chiseled. <laughs> okay, we're out. Hey, we're done. Get out. Hey, of here. hey. Okay, uh, let's take a look into the crystal. Pe- oh, wait. Is it time for that, or is it? Yeah, let's take a look at the Crystal Pepsi ball. <laughs> We've only been doing this podcast for four years. <laughs> <laughs> the swirling effervescence of the Crystal Pepsi ball. Brandon, tell me what you see as a result for Sunday, 11 a.m. Sounders on the road in Minnesota, Allianz Stadium. I will. I will say this. I 
I think it's been a long time since anybody on the Sounders has scored a hat trick. We've gotten close with Christian Roldan, and we've gotten close with other with other players. I'm going to say that Raul Ruiz Diaz is going to score a hat trick. It's going to be three nothing Sounders. He's going to go into first place in the Golden Boot standings, and uh, when he scores, we're going to release Will Bruin into the wild. Free Willie. <laughs> helicopter or no helicopter <laughs> no 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 we release him <laughs> with it without pants <laughs> yeah obviously yeah duh. free willies willie i have a really hard time with this because i think minnesota is due for a big result they're playing at home things are opening back up it's summertime there for five days like it's it's really tough i could see seattle Ah, but coming off some rest though, no Alex rolled on. This is really hard for me. I don't. I'm gonna go. I'll be real, real sad here. I'm gonna say draw at one one. Oh, just the worst. That's right? just it's the just worst. the worst. Ah, yeah. oh, but fourteen unbeaten, so I'll take it. Yeah, that's. I, I think the streak will continue, but I, I just, I have a hard time seeing Minnesota being as like they got something to prove this time out, and at home makes a big difference. So yeah. All right, well, in case this podcast was just too long and you didn't listen, it's too long, didn't listen. All right, too long, didn't listen. Live from Smokan. <laughs> Dude, it's, kill- it's killing my lungs. Uh, <laughs> too long, didn't listen. New crest idea, WB's P. <laughs> took me a second, took me a second, but I got it. All right, too long, didn't listen. Free Willy's Willy. (laughs) Two-thirds of them can't be about Will Bruins. (laughs)